Hey everyone, welcome to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cindy Robinson. I'm Ashley Amos. And I'm Caroline Gonzalez. We're a day earlier, but you know, we just couldn't wait to talk to you guys and tell you all about the great weekend ahead of us in Louisiana sports, especially for your Saints and Pelicans. But even more special, we have a little horse racing in the mix this weekend. So Ashley... You are going to actually be at one of the even well, you're gonna be at all the stuff, obviously, Saints game. But I meant the Breeders' Cup Classic. That yes. is special to you because your dad is actually the trainer for Lone Sailor, the horse owned by Mr. and Mrs. Benson. Yes, he is. How exciting are how excited are you? Um, it's a really big weekend for Louisiana and really for the Amos family. Yeah. Um just to I mean, the Breeders' Cup Classic is arguably the biggest race in the entire world. I believe the purse is $6 million. It's Ooh. you're competing against the best <laughs> of the best. Um, I always compared, you know, the Kentucky Derby, in my opinion, is a lot like the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And the Breeders' Cup is a lot like the Olympics. Mm. Uh, each event means, really means so much. And so it's two days of racing. Um, my dad actually has a horse running in on Friday um, with Serengeti Empress. Uh, she's a girl, so that will be in uh, the $2 million uh, race over there. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a really, really exciting weekend. Uh, you know, for Lone Sailor to be running in the Classic, like, to just look at GMB racing and see, you know, they just got into this. They just yeah. got into this business and they've yeah. already had three horses in the Kentucky Derby, so a horse in the Preakness, and now they're running in the Breeders' Cup Classic. That's like unheard of, right. unheard of. But, um, you know, so excited for them and so excited for Mrs. Benson. And I think they're going to try and make the trip up, hopefully, from go from Pelicans to there. So a lot going on. Huh? But yeah, no, I mean, it's such an exciting weekend for Louisiana sports with, uh, you know, you got the Pelicans at the Spurs. Right. You've got... The Saints versus the undefeated Rams, right. the uh, the horse racing connections, and of course, I would be remiss to not talk about the LSU Alabama game because you got <laughs> she, you, know you guys know me. Go it. Tigers! You, know you go she Tigers! Can't help it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We'll be talking with Ashley's dad, Mr. Tom Amos, a little later about the Breeders' Club Classic and everything he's doing to prepare for it. We also will be talking with a very special guest, I would say, as far as. Basketball goes on the Pelican side. We'll be talking to Isaiah Thomas, the OG Isaiah Thomas, not the one that's still playing in the league. Um, he'll talk to us a little bit about the Pelicans and what he's seen so far from the season. So it's going to be an exciting show. Make sure you guys stay tuned. This is the Black and Blue Report presented by SeatGeek. Here are your hosts, Cindy Robinson, Caroline Gonzalez, and Ashley Amos. Joining us now is NBA Hall of Famer, two-time NBA champion, and the list goes on, Mr. Isaiah Thomas himself. Isaiah, how are you doing today? I am good. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Cindy, feeling good today? Yes, yes. Very excited to talk to Mr. Thomas. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you oh, who don't... Oh, sorry. For those of you who don't know, uh, Isaiah Thomas will be doing the players-only broadcast on NBA TV when the Pelicans take on the Oklahoma City Thunder on Monday night. Isaiah, what are you looking forward to most from this Pelicans game on Monday? Well, you, you, you always uh, are looking forward to, to watching Anthony Davis play. Uh, the way he's been playing this year, you know, has truly been, you know, at, a, at an all-star MVP level. And he said before the season that he wanted to establish himself as the best player in the league. And, and thus far, he's he's gone about that every time he stepped out on the floor. 
And then you look at Westbrook. You're always excited to see him play and, and how well he will play and, and perform. I mean, he's a, he's a stat stuffer. Um, but the one thing with OKC right now, you just want to see if they can, if they can really get their, their rhythm together, if they can really get their understanding together in terms of how they're going to play uh, offensively and how they're going to compete defensively. I want to touch back on Anthony Davis. You've seen him since he came in the league, and we've seen the growth. You know, we saw in the offseason that he called himself one of the best player, the best player in the league. Have you seen that growth, and do you think there's a cap for the the, uh, the talent that Anthony Davis could have in this league? Well, there, there's a cap, uh, but I don't think he's he's reached it yet. Um, you know, the, the, the dominance that he's played with uh, individually this season and the way that he's leading his team, uh, you know, to win, that, that's that been impressive. And the way that, you know, when, when you talk about him as a, as a player, uh, his next, his next uh, involvement has to be from a leadership standpoint. Can he lead his team to playoff victories? Can he lead his team to playoff series wins? Um, and that's where he's at right now. So the regular season will be a test for him in terms of establishing himself as the best player. And then he's got to go into the playoffs. And then he's got to start winning playoff series and get to the Western Conference Finals and then to the finals, so forth and so on. That's what the best players in the league do. The Pelicans have had to play two games already without AD, and then, you know, they lost them. But he returned against Golden State and wasn't his necessarily dominant self, yet the Pels were still able to remain competitive. What are your thoughts about the Pelicans this year? I love what Alvin Gentry and Dale Gimps have done uh, with the team. Uh, Alvin Gentry, uh, you know, has established uh, the, the style that they want to play. And whether Davis is in the lineup or out of the lineup, they still look like they're, they're trying to play the same type of style, have the same tempo, play with the same pace offensively and defensively. When, when AD is out, uh, that definitely takes away from their defensive presence because he's one of the premier shot blockers and defenders in our game. Uh, but when he's out on the floor, uh, they're, they're potent offensive and defensive team. And you got to give Alvin Gentry a lot of credit for what he's done uh, with the Pelicans over the last couple of years. I know it's still early in the season, but, I mean, like you said, obviously you've, you're seeing, you know, a different team. They're more competitive this year. Um, yet it still seems they don't receive the respect that they deserve. Is that something that will come with more time or more noise in the playoffs? you, you got to win playoff series. And, um, you know, you – you, you gotta, at, at least in my opinion, you you gotta get to, you know, the the cream of the cream in this league to 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 get your respect or to earn the championship respect. Now they have they have respect as as a playoff team and playoff contenders, but do they have championship level respect? Uh, they haven't got to that level yet. However, you can see them ascending to that level uh, with Davis and Holiday the way that they're playing. They're definitely on the right track, um, but you can't you can't ask for championship respect until you've played in championship series. Well, we saw one of those championship series performance last year from Drew Holiday. Obviously, he put on a t- terrific display. But how do you think Drew is comparing with guards in the league um, right now? Well, he's one of the top two-way uh, uh, you know guards in the league. Um, 
you know, and he's right up there with, with, with Clay Thompson just in terms of guys who defend on one side of the ball and then they scored on the other side. Um, what he did last year uh, in the playoffs definitely uh, made people aware, more aware of, of who he is and what he's capable of doing. Now he's got to come out and sustain that and take it to another level. And it, it won't be about, again, uh, his statistical performances. I think for the Pelicans right now, uh, it's all about wins and losses. Absolutely. Well, Isaiah, we're seeing a lot of change in the league right now. But, um, you know, other than the, the length of the shorts from your time, <laughs> how has the, the game in the NBA changed till, from now or till now? Well, it's much of a, it's much more of a perimeter game. Um, it's a it's a gentle it's a gentler, kinder league mm-hmm. uh, in terms of uh, physicality. Um, the players, um, you know, their skills are, are off the charts in terms of the way they're shooting the ball and the way they're performing. Uh, so the the evolution of the game, um, you know, has has evolved more away from. Uh, getting to the basket to uh, being able to shoot from further distances from the basket. So the the offensive uh, usage of the three-point line, uh, teams seem to be more focused on using that more as opposed to um, trying to score at the basket or at the rim. Something I've noticed that hasn't changed too much, I, I would say, is how critical fans can be of players, especially the young ones. You dealt with a lot of criticism during your time playing. What is some advice for players who may not have learned how to handle that just yet? Um, you know, criticism and critique comes with, with what we do. Um, that That's part of um, being um, a professional athlete. And, um, you know, I, I learned in, in, in seventh grade when my when my when I turned my paper in and it came back full of red ink, uh, that the teacher is, is really trying to help you more so than than hurt you. So uh, you you can't always look at criticism and critique as being uh, negative. Sometimes um, you can take it in a positive way, and there are some the nuggets always in that in that critique and criticism that you can find to try to better yourself. Absolutely. Isaiah, I'm curious, and I've, I've kind of wanted to know for a few years now, is there a specific player or a certain player in the NBA that you compare yourself to right now? I'm, I'm happy to be compared to, to any of these guys who are playing right now. <laughs> because, <laughs> um, you know, the way, the way they're playing and what they're doing, um, you know, with the basketball and the way they're shooting the basketball at the point guard position when you look at uh, Curry, and you look at Kyrie Irving and, and the things that they've been able to do over the last couple of years, uh, you're just blown away by, um, you know, the way they play, and you're fascinated and interested in, in the way they play. So um, I'm, I'm honored to, to, to be thought about in those terms or looked at in those terms, but I had a great deal of respect uh, for, for watching them play and and um, enjoying the way they're playing. Absolutely. We enjoy it, too. Isaiah, before I let you go, um, have you been keeping up with the series Basketball, A Love Story? I know you were one of the, the many people who were interviewed for it, but have you been keeping up with it? Yes, I have. 
I haven't watched any of the series yet. I'm currently reading the book, which I think is exciting. And I've kind of been a book first movie movie person later, but uh, I'm excited to see to see your part on it. Well, it, it, I, I thought they did a, an extremely uh, good job in terms of um, you know finding the footage to to correlate uh, with the stories. And then uh, being able to get all the people that they had an opportunity to sit down and and share their story and share their passion and and share their love for the game. And you know, most most fans, um, you know, really don't understand. Um, you know, when we say we love this game, it, it truly is um, it, it truly is an emotional feeling and emotional love that we carry for the game of basketball. And I'm glad that uh, you know Dan Corris was was able to you know find people to talk about that and put it into words, and as opposed to it being a slogan, mm. uh, I think he was really able to tap into the emotions of of why we we fell in love with this game and why we love it and and how it pulls at the emotional strings of all of us. Absolutely. I agree. Well, Isaiah, thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing and hearing you on Monday night. You're welcome, and thank you. Some great insight from Isaiah Thomas about the Pelicans and their progress. But before the Pelicans play on Monday night, we have the Breeders' Cup on Saturday. Joining us now is a very, very special guest, not only to the organization, but he is also Ashley's dad. He is the trainer of Lone Sailor. Ashley, I'm going to let you take it away. <laughs> well, hey, Dad, or I guess we'll call you hey, Tom for this interview. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Everything is good. It's a rainy day here in Louisville. We're going to get some rain over the next few days, but we're supposed to be clear for the weekend, so it'll be a fast track when Lone Sailor runs Saturday evening in the Breeders' Cup Classic. So for our listeners out there who might not be know horse racing, what? how would you compare the Breeders' Cup to maybe, you know, obviously everyone is more familiar with the Kentucky Derby, but the Breeders' Cup is... Uh, Breeders' Cup Classic is arguably one of the biggest races in the world. Yeah, I think it is the biggest race in the world because you only get one chance to run in the Kentucky Derby, and that is during your three-year-old year. And after that, it's next year's three-year-olds that run it, whereas the Breeders' Cup brings all the horses together. So you'll see some past horses that have run in the Kentucky Derby from 2018, like Lone Sailor, and some that have run in it before that even. So this is a three-and-up race. So there's no limit to how old the horses are. And it's the time of year, the end of a three-year-old season, where the three-year-olds have kind of caught up to the older horses in terms of physical maturity. So it's really a test of who is the best in the nation, uh, not just three-year-olds, but three and up. What would you say the age range is for horses? You're saying three-year-olds. I, I didn't know that you know you had to be a kind of certain age. What would you say the age, is for, age range is for um, horses who race? So we start racing when they're two-year-olds, and... Uh, and then some of them race as old as 9 or 10, but typically a horse's racing career goes from 2 to about 6. And a lot depends, look, just like in other sports like football or basketball, a lot depends on being injury-free and you know being able to maintain themselves. So there have been some great basketball players, some great football players that have kind of been flashing the pan from the standpoint of injuries have hampered them and it's hurt their career. Same with racehorses. So uh, the really, truly great ones can withstand you know, race after race through a lot of period, long period of time, say as much as four years. So what goes into training a horse for something as big as the Breeders' Classic? Well, you wear a lot of hats. <laughs> so 
uh, as a trainer, you're trying to get your horse physically fit to run a certain distance and have him at his best that day. So a typical race is only six-eighths of a mile. Now, that's a sprint race, and uh, we call it a six-furlong race. A furlong is an eighth of a mile. So a six-eighths race is probably the most typical that we run. The distance races are over a mile. Um, so, you know, Lone Sailor had that emotional um, place second in Louisiana Derby uh, following uh, Mr. Benson's funeral, then qualified for the Kentucky Derby, ran a good race there uh, in the Preakness, that close fifth in that foggy day up uh, there in Baltimore. Uh, his most recent win coming in the Oklahoma Derby. Why Why the Breeders' Cup Classic? I know there was a couple races that, uh, you know, GMB and the connections were thinking about. Why put him in the Classic? Well, I think there's a lot of things that go into that. But, but, but speaking specifically of Lone Sailor uh, and a previous question, which was what goes into training, the, the hardest part was getting Lone Sailor to understand competition. He always ran well, but he never really had that killer instinct, that fight to the wire to, to win a race uh, throughout the year. So this most recent race, the Oklahoma Derby, was his first win of the year. And more importantly, it was a race where he did not have a good trip, and had to come from behind and fought really hard to the wire. So we think this is a real breakthrough race for him in terms of mentally understanding racing. The talent has always been there. Uh, so we're, you know, we're, we're feeling like this is going to be really good for us, and he's going to be a long shot. So if you bet a couple bucks on him, you'll be able to pay for dinner for a few nights. Wait a minute now. You're you speaking my language. Hold on. <laughs> So, you know, we know that Lone Sailor is breaking from the five spot. He does like to come off the pace, come from behind. How does that play, uh, breaking from the five spot, how does that play into either, is that a successful, is that a good spot for him to break? Or, you know, what what kind of goes into the uh, kind of the day of racing, the instructions you give the jockey? Right. So the Breeders' Cup Classic is a mile and a quarter distance. That's about the furthest these horses will run in their entire career. And because of the configuration of the track, which is a mile in circumference, you're breaking all the way at the top of the stretch. There's a huge run to the first turn. And just like with track athletes, the more ground you save, the closer you are against the inside rail, the the, the shorter the trip is. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of time for those horses to jockey for position before that first turn, get over, save as much ground as they can. I don't think post position is a problem for any of the horses in a race of that distance. Okay, so Ashley mentioned jockey, and I've always wondered what goes into choosing your jockey. Well, there's a, you want to look for rapport, right, between horse and rider. So James Graham, who will be riding the Lone Sailor, won the, uh, the Oklahoma Derby with him about three and a half weeks ago. He also ran a very close second, the Louisiana Derby, on him. He knows the horse, and you want that rider to have confidence in the horse that's beneath him. And James has a lot of confidence in Lone Sailor. So, you know, other than that, you want a rider that really understands what's going on in a race. And there's two things that go into making a good rider. Number one is strength. Riders have the lowest percentage of body fat of any athlete that, that, that competes. But the other thing is you've got to understand pace. You have to understand how fast or slow a horse is running or how fast the field is running and position yourself correctly. No different than a track meet. You know, those runners are always positioning themselves in terms of how quickly things are happening up front. Mm -hmm. If it's slow up front, you want to be close. If it's fast up front, you want those horses, or runners in this case, to burn themselves out to set up your late close. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're hoping for. The Breeders' Cup Classic 
has a lot of speed in the race. And I think they're going to battle each other hard on the front end. Lonsdale's going to sit back and take his time. And when they all wear out, he's going to have the most gas in the tank. There you go. Finish strong. <laughs> Tom, I'm curious. So we we know the horse's name is Lone Sailor, and we know that it's owned by Mr. and Mrs. Um, Benson. But kind of, can you tell the background of Lone Sailor and how he got that name and the connection to Mr. and Mrs. Benson? He did. There's a there's an award given to uh, in the Navy to the serviceman that's not an officer that is the most outstanding in the Navy. And uh, Mr. Benson was an enlisted man in the Navy, and he won that award. It's a very prestigious award. And just think, during that time, how many sailors there were that were enlisted men back in World War II in that era. Mm -hmm. For him to win that, that distinguished award, that was a precursor to a man that you knew was going to be a success in life. Absolutely. Well, Dad, you know that this is the Black and Blue Report. It's a very big weekend for both the Saints and Pelicans, a very big weekend for sports in Louisiana in general. Uh, all, uh, you know, we obviously know about the LSU-Alabama game, but <laughs> uh, we'll leave that out. We don't talk about that on the show. But, um, you know, if you had to compare Lone Sailor to a Saints or Pelicans player, who would you, who would you, who would be a comparison? <laughs> Okay, let me first of all say, I want to give you guys kudos, because I listened to one of your early podcasts. Mm -hmm. It was right when the season was starting for the Pelicans. We had just gone through a preseason where we hadn't won a game. But when I listened to you guys, I had so much confidence in the Pelicans. <laughs> they were going to be up-tempo, and they were a very good team. And I don't, I'm not so sure how many other people believed in that, but, but you guys were right. So, first of all, Cindy, Caroline, Ashley, thank you for that. Thank I had a you. lot of confidence going against the Rockets that night. But, uh... <laughs> So, staying in that genre, let's let's compare him to a Pelicans player. Okay. And uh, one that I liked watching last year quite a bit because he had a great deal of hustle, kind of new to the league, learning his way, and uh, turning to Anthony Davis a lot for advice. Look, Lone Sailor is one of those horses. He's only three. He's got a lot of racing ahead of him. We're looking forward to his four-year-old year. I'm going to say Shake Diallo. Yeah, Shake. Yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Okay, Chuck has great energy on the course. I, I like that. I, that means Lone Taylor's going to come out and bring some energy on the field this um I guess the track. Let's say track. <laughs> I guess on the track this uh, weekend. We're excited to see him and hope he does well. Tom, I also was kind of curious. Uh, what's the most interesting or unique horse name you've ever heard? Ooh. Oh, wow. Well, there was one that uh, they had to change the name because when you said it really fast, it sounded like something else. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it made a lot of people blush. <laughs> we won't go there. <laughs> you know? but, but, but I wasn't expecting that question. Uh, I would say the most unique name I had was given to me by a guy that owned, do you guys remember the, uh, the Psychic Friends Network? Dion Warwick was the spokesperson. Yes. <laughs> so this yes. guy owned the Psychic Friends Network. And to give you an idea how much money that made back in the day, he was making, after he paid everybody, his spokesperson, Dion Warwick, and all the staff, he was making $100,000 a month. And he didn't have to bill it out. The bills were paid by AT&T, and, and back then it was uh, MCI. And they would take a percentage and just send him a check in the mail every, every month. So that was pretty good. So he said it was as if, as if hitting a really good oil well. And uh, when things were hot, he called, he ended up naming this horse Hot Wells. Like he had a lot of hot wells going. Hmm. Interesting. There's always some weird names of horses. I, I do know that. Last question before we let you go. What is your favorite track? I guess 
for your, your horse to compete on or for you to visit? That's easy. That's the fairgrounds in New Orleans. I, I grew up on that track. I learned my trade on that track. I come back there every year uh, to race. And I probably have a hundred regulars that come to that track that I am friends with. I know them by their first name, if that. But when we see each other, we always smile. They ask me about my horses. I always give an honest opinion. I love hanging out in the grandstand at the fairgrounds with those guys. I have to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree with Ashley because she's never met a stranger. That is true. <laughs> yeah, <there you> <laughs> that is so true. Thanks to him. Thanks to him. Well, uh, Dad, thanks so much for coming on. I know it's a really busy week for you. We appreciate you taking the time to come on the Black and Blue Report. Um, and best of luck. Hopefully it will be a Saints Pels Breeders' Cup Classic trifecta. There you go. Hey, let's go for the, let's go for the, the super quadruple and get the Saints home on Sunday. Yes, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks so much All for right, your time. And girls, it was a real honor. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. Good luck. See you soon. A fun interview with Tom Amos. We have a fun weekend lined up for Pelicans fans tonight. The Pelicans match up against the Portland Trailblazers tonight in the Moto Center at 9.30. Then they make their way over to San Antonio to face off against the Spurs at 7.30. And then they finish off their road trip in Oklahoma City against the Thunder at 7 p.m. And then they'll come back to the Smoothie King Center. Cindy, what else do we have this weekend? Don't forget to watch the Breeders' Club Classic on NBC Sports Network Saturday at 12 p.m. Central Time or 2.30 p.m. Central Time on NBC. We're pulling for Lone Sailor, guys. Then Sunday, the Saints are back in the Dome to face the undefeated Los Angeles Rams. The party will start in Champion Square at 12.25 p.m. with live music, food, and drinks. And then kickoff is at 3.25. Head to NewOrleansaints.com to get your tickets. You will not want to miss this game. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Hope you all have a great weekend. And go Pels, Lone Sailor, and Saints.